Welcome to the fifth episode of Conversate, a podcast where we engage in conversation. And on this week's episode, I, Aaron Gierke, and Kevin Bender, the pastors at St. Peter and Paul, are talking about our oneness in Christ as we, are, as a church, are opening up the scriptures to the book of Ephesians. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Pastor Aaron. Cheers, buddy. Yeah, man. Good to be back. Yeah. Yeah. So last week, Marcus and I sat down and chatted. You were you were out of town and enjoying some camaraderie with fellow new pastors and wives uh, at Camp Luther, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. part of a program that uh, helps new pastors make that transition uh, from seminary life to pastor life, uh, which has been especially unique this year with everything going on. But uh, I got to say, I feel like you guys have also helped me transition pretty well, too. I'm, I'm, I was feeling pretty comfortable. Well, that's good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that program is something my wife and I uh, did when we were first out of the seminary. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just good. It's a, I mean, I think every occupation has it, but obviously being a, being a pastor and kind of starting something new, is, um, it, it's good to find that, that support with people that are going through the same thing, right? So, totally. Well, and, you know, I thought about it while I was there, you know, I have the privilege of being able to work with you, yeah, Marcus, yeah. you know, we have a, a Jamie too, you know, kind of a bigger staff uh, here. And some of these guys are on their own in one or even two congregation contexts. And uh, so for them, especially, it's really good to come together and, but for me too, to realize like, oh, wait a minute, like the church is bigger than my church, right? right? Like, uh, you know, just thinking about unity, like our unity as a church body is bigger than Saints Peter and Paul, it's bigger than, you know, Houghton and Hancock, it's bigger than the UP, it's bigger than America. Right, right. No, that's totally true. But I mean, you already <laughs> you already tied it in here, but um, I think this is the thing that you and I have been uh, thinking a lot about and are trying to lead our church into well is this. Uh, just this place of being one in Christ, mm. being one in Christ. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we opened up the book of Ephesians uh, for the first week of a six week sermon series. And, uh, you got us, you got us started with what, um, with how Paul gets that thing started. So, yeah, I mean, you use the image of water a lot. Um, in a variety of different ways. I don't know. How did you get to? How did you get to that place where where water was for you an, an image of unity? So this was something that was. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty cool. It stood out to me at least. It's in your if you have a copy of the Lutheran Study Bible. It was in their introduction uh, to the Book of Ephesians. So you can find this there. Um, when they do introductions to different books of the Bible, they usually give some kind of story or, or image, something that kind of leads you into some of the themes. And for the one for Ephesians, they talked about uh, baptism and about uh, new believers, right? And so, you know, in the early church days, all the new believers generally were older, uh, right? Because the faith was kind of new, right? Right, right. So people were learning; they were becoming baptized, yeah. and in the image they use, it was. This water, right? So a, a new a baptismal um, uh, person going to be baptized, right? Uh, the water would be poured on their heads and it'd be 
kind of dripping down them and then forming uh, puddles at their feet. So you get all these droplets of water falling and I actually tested it out. Uh, my desk, I intentionally spilled some water. Really? Not by accident. Uh, yeah, but just, I mean, I kind of had, had a hunch that I knew what it would look like. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, you dump out some water. It's cool how it just kind of clumps together. Okay. You know, right? Like you can kind of blow, you know, if it has a couple of different puddles, just blow the water and it, as soon as it gets close to each other, it just unites. Uh, okay. So they use that yeah. idea as, you know, each droplet of water falling from this uh, guy being baptized is a symbol of. Well, each of us baptized into this larger body. I mean, like there's no, when the water comes together, there is no division. It is one body of water. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it does to me. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different images of, of uh, unity, I think, that we, we try uh, to form. I mean, I, I think of all the weddings that I've done. And there's different images in these wedding rituals of of, of unity. Um, I think probably the, the most popular one is the unity candle, where there's one common candle that's unlit and then two two candles that are lit, and the bride takes one and the groom takes one, and they the two flames light one flame. Mm-hmm. And another one I've seen is uh, unity sand where you take two different colors of sand and you join them together. Um, I mean, I thought about that one before where it's like, I mean, technically they're together. But I mean, if you really, really wanted to work at separating the two colors of unity sand, like you probably could. It would just take a long time. But <laughs> I actually had a wedding one time. It was an outdoor wedding um, and they wanted to do the unity candle. And, um, and it, and it was in this wide open field and it was windy and they're like, and we talked about it before the wedding and I was like, I, I don't know. You sure. And they're like, yeah, let's give it a shot. So I mean, they tried like three different times to light the unity candle. And then I finally just had to chime in as the pastor. And I was like, you know what? This is a symbol of unity. And in the Bible, the, an image for the Holy spirit is one of, of fire and of wind but see also of wind because here the spirit is obviously present because the, the wind is blowing out your flame. So don't take that as any other sign. So anyways, but the image of water, I haven't, I hadn't really thought of that one of like uh, different droplets of water being united. Like I've never tried to separate droplets of water, but I think that one is an impossibility. Yeah. Actually, I, I watched a slow-mo video of, uh, water, a droplet of water. I mean, like, not microscopic, but really small, being dropped into a cup of water. And that was cool to watch, too, because this droplet, it keeps its form for a bit. Okay. But when it hits this bigger body of water, it actually, like, pops back up, and then it decreases in size. It kind of, like, collapses. But it's still a s- little ball of water, and it bounces again, and it decreases again, and then it bounces again. So, like, the more it hits into this bigger cup of water, uh, the more it kind of absorbs into it. And the last time it's just like it's gone and it's just huh. part of the part of this bigger body of water yeah um, that was cool too that is cool so what does that i mean what does that bear in mind for you then as you think about this this oneness that we have in in christ so i mean that's the whole thing like paul is saying we're one in christ i, I mean we're we're going to be talking about this uh, for a couple of different weeks. I think taking different angles at it as, as Paul does in the book of Ephesians, but 
um like what for you right off the bat um comes to mind like what are some of the, the practical implications of this for us as you know christian humans finding oneness in christ definitely so this is something that i think this is one of the reasons i really appreciated the use of water as an image um, especially that confluence picture right the two different rivers okay becoming one that was right at the beginning of the sermon um because that's something that god designed right like we didn't do that god made that river right. and this is how it is with with our unity it's not something that we do ourselves, right? It's not It's not like the unity of like your favorite football team, right? Everyone dons the jerseys, uh, they show up at the stadium, y'all look alike, you know who's kind of your, your teammate on right. your side. And that's how a lot of unity looks in the world. It's all kind of us donning these images. It's us banning together. I mean, right. even a lot of talk right now, it's like, hey, let's all come together, right. you know? Our reality as Christians, it's it's our baptismal reality, okay. right? This is not something that we do. I don't, I don't make myself one with God. He makes Himself one with me uh, in my baptism, and He makes me one with you, one with you. Right. Uh, this whole body, it's it's God who knits it together, and that's where that image then of those two bodies of water that looks so different, right? Right in Canada. It was a reminder to me of, look, look, this is how the world looks sometimes, right? It's divided. This is how it can feel sometimes, even in my own experience. But the reality underneath those waters is they're mixing. Right. They're coming together. They're being united. And that is what, that's what God is doing, really, in my life, in your life. Like his word, it, it does stuff. Right. You know, it's a, right. it's a living word. Right. I love it. I think uh, as a human, I always want something to do though. Like, you know, I want to, I want to participate. I want to be able to do something. I think as I, as I think about this idea of what can I, what can I do to be united with other people? I think about all I can do uh, is come in humility to the cross of Jesus you know, like that, that is something I can do. I can come in humility and say, you know what? I might not be perfect after all. <laughs> I might, I, it's just possible that I might not have all the answers, right? It, it's possible that my worldview is a little bit skewed, at least as I view world events. So, Jesus, you know, please deal with me mercifully. Uh, correct my steps where they need to be corrected. Uh, let me see people as you see them. But I mean, all of that, all of that kind of work is is work that only He can do in me. I think all I can do is say, "Ugh, I, I, I'm a poor, miserable sinner." You know, I. I, I can't do much of anything, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, we, God gives us symbols of that in Scripture, too, right? So Jesus says, I am the vine, you're the branches. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. I can't bear, I'm a dead stick. Right. I can't bear fruit. But if God grafts me onto Jesus, mm -hmm. and, he, you know, there's more to it than that, too, right? He says there's going to be some pruning. Right. You know, that's the hard part. That's the part where the humility. Right. Where you say, 
ooh, like, I don't like this, what I'm experiencing, because I thought I had it all figured out. Right. Or I want to tell myself I have it all figured out, but turns out I don't. Right. Right, yeah. When I was thinking of that, when you, I, I know nothing about this slow motion, <laughs> like, image water droplet thing, and those of you who are physicists probably know all about this, but when you were, when you're saying this, at least in my mind, the way I was seeing it, you're saying a one water droplet drops down and it bounces up and then it gets smaller and it gets smaller. I, f- I was thinking, man, that must, that's kind of an image of that humility. The more time that we uh, spend in that body of Christ in humility, in confession, but receiving this life in Jesus, mm-hmm. the more that we're just, the more that we're, more we're changed into the likeness of Jesus. Right. I mean, the more that w- we give up of ourselves, the more that Christ fills us with him. He just, he changes us in his likeness, never to a, never to perfectly attain, you know, Christ's stature, but certainly to change us to, to look more like him and to, to knit us together with one another, with him in that body, just like that, that water droplet. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, what John the Baptist, I, I must decrease, oh, yeah. you must increase. Right. And that should be our motto too, you know. Uh, I got to, get me out of there, Jesus. I need you. Right. Increase in me. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, again, coming back to the idea of like, what can I be practically doing? I think you hit it on the nail on the head with the humility uh, a bit. You know, I think the more, and this is what we're kind of talking about right now, the more we are rooting ourselves in uh, God's word, um, it's living. It's active. It is going to change and shape our, how we see what we do because Jesus is alive and therefore we're alive. Right. Right. Um, and I think too, especially right now, like, and I, I don't know, I brought up politics in the sermon. I don't know if I'm supposed to do that or not. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. And uh, it maybe it's annoying because that's, we're just hearing so much of that right now, you know, but I think that's, that's something we got to be aware of too. It is easy to hear a lot, right, and to consume a lot of news, a lot of media. Um, we kind of pick up the accents of those we spend time with, right? Right. So, like, <laughs> Molly always makes fun of me early on. I was up here, and she started hearing my O's go a little okay. longer, you know, a boat. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's true, you know, you spend around time around people, you start to pick up their accent, and... I think it's easy right now in this election season, there's a lot of, there is a lot of hostility. There's a lot of language out there that's not good for us to pick up. So how, you know, let's be hearing and listening to the words of Jesus, pick up his accent a little bit more in our speech. Yeah. Um, Because that's, at the end of the day, that's what the world needs. Right. We want this world to be united. Oh, you know, we need, we need God to unite it. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that's the, I think what so many of us want to do as Christians, uh, we, sometimes we feel like it's our place to have to defend Jesus Mm -hmm. as if Jesus can't defend himself, you know, like uh, it's a, there's some fine lines obviously in all this, but I, I, I think, uh, I think when we when we just proclaim Jesus, Jesus takes care of what needs to be taken care of. Um, 
what I see happening a lot in our world is um, if you have a strong opinion, Kevin, the, the way the world seems to operate is if I have a differing strong opinion, I need to, I need to stand my ground harder and stand my ground stronger mm. and make, and, 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 and then you come back with even a stronger message about your side of things. And I have a stronger message about my side of things. Mm -hmm. And then we just go, well, then you're the opponent, you know, you're, you're my enemy. You're, I, I mean, so sometimes we even do this as, as Christians with the world, you know, we go, the world's out, the world's out to get us. We gotta, we gotta be even stronger, uh, for, for Jesus, you know, and I'm not saying to be, to be weak in our proclamation of the gospel, but mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between defending Jesus and proclaiming who Jesus is, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, totally does. Um, I mean, it's kind of like <laughs> that idea of those, those two divided bodies of water again, and thinking that you're going to go in and somehow, you know, uh, I don't know, get the water to wash over and completely cover the, like, we can't do that. Right. We're not going to be able to make that happen. Um, and that's, we don't need to either. Right. Um, and this is what I love about Paul's language of it being God's plan. I mean, you read Ephesians 1 and it's all, he did this. Right. He did this. He did this. He's doing this. Right. Um, and this is what you're saying too. That's, our God is not a weak God. Right. It's not a, you know, he doesn't need defending. Right. <laughs> I mean, really, you got to look after yourself, man. He'll, <laughs> he'll toast you. Uh, you no, know, but I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's not our place to have to god doesn't need us to, to lift him up at all um, but what he does call us to what jesus calls us to is to walk the way of the cross right you know and to actually deny ourselves right. and sometimes what that looks like i think um in a conversational way or in this in a, in a time when people are divided in, in different stances it is just you know what i'm going to deny this urge that i have to spout out all of my opinions let me just listen yeah we just listen to what you have to say. I don't have to agree with it. Right. Uh, and that's fine. But that simple act of listening, instead of just trying to talk louder or over the right. other person, I mean, that speaks as well. Right. Kind of a different language. But right. um, yeah, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, speaking of God, God is slow to anger, right? Yeah. Abounding love. There's all sorts of times when, uh, you know, he probably was pretty sick of the Israelites babbling all their nonsense. Yeah. He endured. Yes. He endured. Yeah. Showed a lot of grace. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was thinking I, I might, I don't know if this, this will become redundant, but as we're talking, I was, I was thinking about some of the stuff that I might be bringing in and future sermons and images and stuff too. But if it becomes redundant, then it becomes redundant, you know, but I was thinking about um, marriage and uh, some books I have on my shelves about marriage research. And there are these, uh, uh, there, there's some telltale signs when marriages are in danger of uh, separation and divorce. And <laughs> some of these things are like, uh, defense, like having a defensive posture, you know, so if you've got something against me, if I, if I'm always just defending myself and not willing to listen to 
criticism or listen in, in humility to correction. If I just defend myself, like that's actually a dangerous stance. You know, another one is, um, if I just, if I do the opposite and I just go silent and I turn my back on you, you know, if you've got something to say to me and I just clam up, like, and I say nothing at all, never want to deal with it. That's dangerous. And the most dangerous of all is when we actually have in in a marriage, when you actually have contempt for one another, Mm -hmm. which is when all those, all the things that you do wrong that I don't like when those things actually become uh, the things that I associate your identity with. Mm -hmm. So no longer is it just things that you do that I don't like, but you know, you become, you are, you are a messy person. You are an unorganized person. You are the one who does all this stuff that I don't like, who doesn't do the dishes or it's you, you know, and I start not liking you contempt. And I just think like in a society, those kinds of things happen too. There's divorces that, that happen in a unified body. And it's Mm. the, that last straw is when we start to have contempt for one another. And those are dangerous things like red flags that we got to be paying attention to the thing that keeps marriages united. And one uh, marriage research says is when people always, when they stay turned towards one another, when you say turn towards one another, when the conflict remains and you're just going to deal with it, converse about it. And so I think those are things for us as a church to pay attention to in a Mm -hmm. Christian community but also culturally, you know, if we're taking any of those postures, we got to go, oh, wow, I'm not, I've, I've, I've decided that I'm not taking this, I'm not, I'm not going to participate here. I'm defensive. I'm, you know, uh, going silent. I'm turning away from people. You know, we got to, we got to stay in, engaged um, and, and ultimately engaged at the cross of Jesus. So, yeah, I don't know. A lot of a lot of different stuff uh, going on. A lot of images for unity and things to pay attention to. And obviously, we're going to keep <laughs> hammering home on this and lots of practicalities. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's smart too, though. That just that awareness of you know almost body language. You mm-hmm. know, whether I'm turning away or kind of maybe uh, in a very violent way turning towards, or if I'm actually you know approaching in a easygoing kind of way. Right. I think too, hand language a lot of times tells us what's going on inside of us. So like if I have a, if I have a clenched fist, uh-huh. okay, something's going on here. Let, right. me, let me think about this. What am I holding on so tightly to? And maybe it is my opinion or my, maybe it's a fear about where this is, how this is going to happen, you know? Right. But if I can, if I notice that about my posture, okay, well, let me, let me open that hand up. Right. Let me, let me soften that posture. And, um, you know, I mean this, I feel like this is a good posture for us as believers, you know, we're recipients, right? God gives us, he places into our hands, our identity, our hope, our security. This isn't something we have to go out again and fight for. Right. Um, it's it's a posture of receptivity. Right. And, you know, I, I think there's a reality to, okay, well, I mean, you might receive some junk, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you have that posture. And that's true. Right. You know, uh, Jesus said that we would be persecuted that we right. would you know th- to follow jesus to to take up you know his cross does mean all right it's not gonna be the easiest right um but it is a more beautiful picture and i like that idea of marriage too i mean just for all the if you're married and watching this too um your identity 
mean, it has changed in marriage. Right. You, and this, this to me is it's again this mystical, unfathomable thing of, of God. But this is God's doing, and that's a beautiful thing that God actually unites us into one being, one mm. person. And think about how I act with my own body. Right. I'll take care of it. Yeah. Know? Or I try to. <laughs> And I might not eat the That's best. not what you said when we were off camera. No, just yeah. <laughs> Those nutty bars. Uh, Zebra cakes. Yeah. You know, but 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 really, I said, I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to put my body in horrible danger or in a bad situation. I'm not going to try to. With my, the reality of me and my spouse is we're one. Mm. Oh, man, I really got to think about how I'm in, interacting with her then. Right. You know, like if she's bringing something in it, I don't want to assault my own body. I don't want to hurt my own body right i want to take care of that right um right. so yeah just that realization of hey this is this is who i am this is who we are right uh, we are one right yeah well the the in the, some of this marriage research that, that maybe i'll share in a, in a sermon or, or something um they they found so that there's four of these um <laughs> deadly things for marriages but they they found one of the one of the the greatest unifying things for healthy um, marital couples to deal with conflict is actually laughter. Hmm. So you think about the thing about that, like laughter is a gift from God. Like this, this idea of like joyful laughter and stuff. And that's one thing that I think our world is hungry for right now. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like the true, true joy of just, (laughs) I don't know, just, light lightheartedness in the midst of dealing with pandemic and nasty elections and all this stuff. Like I feel like the, the hope that we have in Jesus, it's not flipping. It's not a denial of what's going on in the world, mm-hmm. but it's to be able to look at those things and, and almost laugh at it, you know, <laughs> yeah. like to, to laugh at the devil's measly attempts at, trying to lead us away from the cross and to go, this is silly. Mm-hmm. This is silly that I am, that, that, that we're even fighting about this. Like yeah. the fact that you put the toilet paper roll on the wrong way. <laughs> like why, why are we debating about this? Let's just call a thing a thing and say like, this is a silly argument mm. where we may not agree on it. We may never come to a resolution but if you put the toilet paper roll on that way, I'm just going to flip it the other way <laughs> and we're going to have a thing and it's going to be funny. Yeah, you know, yeah. like when can we as a people like mm. get to that place? You know, I don't know. Well, just... and I think, I think there's so much of that. It's just a matter of perspective, right? Like uh, the same thing for somebody can be like, you're just such a drag. And for the next guy, be like, that is hilarious. Yeah. Right. And it's that perspective. shift. Yeah. I think, you know, throwing it back to Ephesians one, Paul, by the way, that verses 3 to 14, that's one sentence uh, for Paul. So if it sounded confusing at all, like hearing it or reading it, like he's kind of crazy with his words. But but in that, you know, he's talking about this plan, Mm. this plan that God had before I was born. He chose me, he elected me to be his child, did that for you before you were born, before the world was made. So he said this plan, plan for a long time. Brings it to completion in Jesus. Whoa, this is crazy. This uh-huh. is awesome, right? And there's this promise of unity in all things, heaven and on earth, right? So God's got this plan that Satan cannot stop. And it's what it's like is it's like watching watching your favorite sports team uh-huh. 
if you recorded the game. Okay. Okay. So like most of the time when you're watching the game, oh my gosh, it can be really super frustrating uh-huh. because it's like you're blo- the coach is making a bad call, quarterbacks trying to do crazy stuff, throws picks, you know, all this yeah. whatever happens. It can be so frustrating to watch. Right. That's like mine. watching the Minnesota Vikings this year. Yeah. I or any year. <laughs> but go ahead. So, so, right. Super frustrating. <clears throat> unless, unless you've already known the outcome of the game, mm-hmm. which happens anytime you try and watch something recorded, like someone ruined it for you. They spoiled it for you. You learn that the game, right, right. turned out this way. What I'm saying is, this is what I've been doing with the Broncos. I forgot the football season even started. <laughs> I'm so off my rhythm in this time. But knowing that they won a game, mm-hmm. And then watching it play out, right. there's way more grace, uh, right? If I know the end score, right? okay, sure, they do a goofy play. It's like, you knuckleheads, yeah. but I know how it's going to turn out. Uh-huh. So there's no fear. right? There's no clenching my fist. I'm not yelling at the TV. right? We know how this story uh-huh. goes, right? right. Victory's won. <laughs> it's God's world. Right. I think that gives us a little chance to, like you said, be lighthearted, loosen up, not in a flippant way, but in a way that trusts God's in control of all things. Right. And he chose you and me before the creation of all this to, to be on his side, mm-hmm. which is a good side to be on. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just gives a little bit of grace when I'm seeing my own life play out. It's like, okay, we know where the story's going. We're all right. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't, doesn't mean we take a flippant approach to the world situations. Like we're called to be present. We're called to be active. We're called to be neighbors and friends and spouses. Like, mm. so, so we're present here on earth, but those, the, the things that we're dealing with, you know, it, those things don't, those things don't get the last say. Mm. Jesus gets the last say. Um, and we know we, we, we ought to believe that. I mean, that's that's the biblical definition of hope mm-hmm. that just overgirds this whole reality that we live in. So, yeah, be totally involved, you know. Vote. Do all those, <laughs> your civic responsibilities. Be a neighbor. Um, do all that stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, that's, that's not where our eternal hope is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just, it's not. And so I pray that over these next, uh, six weeks of focusing on biblical unity in the book of Ephesians uh, will be good for us. Uh, it's going to, this, this sermon series is going to see us right through uh, a political, you know, season and a presidential election and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so be it. So be it. You know, so be it. Jesus is still Lord. <laughs> yep. Yes. And we are still one. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Hey, Kevin, big news. What's up, dude? Uh, our, our Conversate podcast is now available on Apple iTunes podcasts and Google Play. Whoa. I know. And also I, on our church app. How do I find those? Uh, yeah, What's good the question. internet? What's the internet? Uh, <laughs> if you don't know how to find that, uh, just keep finding this the way that you've been finding it. Perfect. If you know how to find it the other way, go ahead and find it. Uh, we're so popular on Apple iTunes, though, that if you search Conversate, you won't find it. <laughs> <laughs> Underground, baby. If you search Saints Peter and Paul, you will find it. Okay. So there you go. I don't know. Hey, those of you who have been listening and tuning in, I pray this is a blessing for you and that uh, you know we just continue to model to you how to have spiritual conversations with people and put God's word and into practice. And 
in practical ways and yeah, keep listening to other people and engage in conversation with, uh, with people, especially those who are different than you. Mm. So, Hey, Kevin, have a blessed rest of your day and the rest of you as well. Cheers, buddy. Cheers.